Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, hello, everybody, and happy Thursday. Welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I am your main bitch, Kim, and there are some hot uh, issues, not really issues, but there are some hot news stories that I am checking out here on the uh, so-called blogs, if you will. I would just say fucking websites, whatever. So first things first, Apparently, I've seen some things. It's like two days ago, three days ago. But then I also see different articles that say a week ago. But I just need to talk about it. Former Real Housewives of Potomac star Monique Samuels and Chris Samuels. They are calling it quits. At least that's what it says, allegedly. Let me read a little bit. Of course, that's from Reality Blurbians, guys. You know, it says this. Real Housewives of Potomac alums Monique Samuels and Chris Samuels reportedly separating following 10 years of marriage plus living or plus live viewing thread. Did you like my news voice? I guess would is that how I would sound if I was a news anchor? Did it sound good? Did it sound bad? I thought it was ooh, it could have been like sex operator like too, which definitely wouldn't be a news anchor type of thing. But apparently they're calling it quits via this article on Reality Blurb. We all know that Monique and Chris usually post on their social media, and I guess it's been a while since they did that. The last time was on September 18th. That was kind of a while ago. But then apparently someone went up to Monique and she said, I don't know if it was, oh, it was uh, Entertainment Tonight. This was back in July. Interesting. She says, quote, people always say that reality TV tears your marriage down. What people don't realize is that Real Housewives of Potomac actually in some ways saved my marriage. Chris and I, before even started filming that show, were in a really uh, rough place. She continues by saying, once we started filming the TV show, basically, uh, this is paraphrasing at this point, it helped them and it forced them to date So they were able to kind of reignite the intimacy and all that kind of stuff. So she says that it saved the marriage. But I don't know, maybe because she went on Ladies of... uh, What the hell was it called? Ladies of... uh, Not Ladies. Love and Marriage DC. Apparently, this is when all the shit happened. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. It seems as if she's also denying the split claims as she flaunted her ring in a video. This was on October 16th. Okay, so we don't know if they're getting divorced. We don't know if they're separating. Many articles say that they are. Other articles say that they aren't. I'm going to go with no for right now until she or Chris says something as a finalized statement. But I thought that article was interesting, kind of weird. Now, let's talk about the crazy shit that happened yesterday. Uh, Part three of the reunion, Beverly Hills. I was disappointed. The way that they teased us with Kathy Hilton, I thought it was going to be a little bit more with the Dukes up. And uh, it really wasn't. It was basically everything that they showed as the teaser. And that was it. So I was a little disappointed. uh, But Kathy, she was coming with fire the way that Kathy Hilton does and uh, can, if you will. She doesn't seem like a very Erica Janey, Lisa Rinna-y as far as like the fighting and shit. And poor Kyle, of course, she's crying as usual and all that kind of shit. I feel bad for her. But also this is like 
what you get whenever all of your sisters are on the show. So, you know, Lisa Rinna, though, she's a work in progress, so she says, but she goes online and she always reposts shit and then she takes it down and then she does it again and then she's going to get better, then she doesn't and all this kind of stuff. Kathy said that she's the reason that Vanderpump went off the show and Camille Grammer said some shit and X, Y, and Z and all this stuff. And then Lisa's just sitting there stoically like, okay, okay. So this article also on Reality Blurb, says that she is facing Lisa Rinna major backlash for yet another post that she reposted and then she deleted. Now, what was this post? I don't know if she reposted it, so I I think she just sort of made it up herself from what I'm understanding. So if we recall yesterday when Kathy said to Lisa, you are the biggest bully in Hollywood, and then what happened is... Lisa goes on social media, I'm assuming Twitter, and this is what she says, quote, you're the mother that had her daughter kidnapped in the middle of the night, which led her to being abused, raped, and you never apologized to her when she confronted you about it. Hashtag R-H-O-B. It was on Twitter. Then she deleted it. How many how many minutes did she wait to do it? I don't even know. But she definitely deleted it. And, uh, you know, people are like, what the fuck, Lisa Reno? You suck. Why are you doing that? <sighs> you know, it really is true. These shows, basically the beef and all of the interesting drama, you don't see it on the show anymore. You see it via social media. It is the most insane thing. They might as well, like, just put everything... I don't know, like put the social media shit within the show because that's how it's uh, getting juicy and that's how us podcasters, very famous and very uh, not well-known such as myself, but Yin's guys spread the word, okay? Um, But this is how we keep uh, keep our shit going. So thank you, ladies of Bravo. Now, again, as I said, Beverly Hills was okay. I wasn't really... I don't know. It was just okay. Erica was being grilled by Andy. It was funny whenever there were some awkward moments, whenever he was talking about the 1.3 whatever million dollar earrings that she wants to get back. But, you know, it's an appeal for legal reasons. And then he's like, right. But uh, so you want them back then. And then she's like, it's an appeal for legal reasons. He's like, yes, again. And then they were like, a green, not a green. Basically her. And it was hilarious. I enjoyed that moment. Andy was probably like, okay, bitch, we're saying the same thing. Like, I get it. Let's move on. So Kyle, Kathy, it's sad to see that Lisa Rinna literally is the one that caused Kathy and Kyle to have yet again another severed relationship at this point in their sisterhood, if you will, with the family. And it says at the very end that the next time that Kathy and Kyle saw each other was at BravoCon, which literally just happened, what, two weeks ago or so? It's sad. It's sad. And honestly, I feel it is Lisa Rinna's fault, along with Erica, too, because she was on the bandwagon. But I don't know why... (laughs) (laughs) making a big deal. Oh my God, it was so dark. I locked myself in my room. That's exhausting. Like Lisa Rinna, we know that you're dramatic. You like to be in the limelight. Yes, we know it. Maybe your contract was coming up like Kathy said, and you needed to be a little bit more interesting. And maybe that's why you did it. I don't know. 
I enjoy you on the show, but I also don't enjoy that you kind of fucked up the uh, the relationship between Kathy and Kyle. Hopefully, it will be uh, mended pretty soon. However, it seems like the dynamic of Kathy, Kim, and Kyle is very confusing. It's a very toxic sisterhood, if you will. It, it, it's very toxic to me. I don't understand it. It seems when Kathy Hilton gets really pissed off about something and people aren't agreeing with her or like siding with her, then she like totally loses it. And I don't know, it's interesting. And we'll see if she comes back on the show. I think I read somewhere that Nikki, yeah, Nikki Hilton, right? Because there's Nikki in Paris. Okay. I think Nikki said something that she doesn't want her mom to go back on the show. I don't blame her. Clearly, it's not making any of the family look good. Kyle's family and all this other shit. But yeah, that was the uh, reunion. Okay. Salt Lake City, I don't know, that was kind of a snoozer as well, that Angie HK or whatever the hell her last name starts with, with the Lisa Barlow rumors about getting jazz tickets for Blowy. I, I don't know. It was it was what it was, and it was an episode. I think it was a filler. It wasn't that interesting to me. But what I want to talk about, of course, is my gals from Potomac. Oh, my God. Was that not an amazing episode? Thank you, episode three, for coming in hot. I love it. I love it. Like I said, these ladies always deliver. Kind of took a little, uh, a few episodes, but it's coming and I love it. It is the best ever. So we start off Candace talking to Giselle, really Giselle talking to Candace about how she was uncomfortable with Chris, thought that he was trying to come after her, blah, 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 blah. And then Candace, we see her break the fourth wall, baby. And she says, what are we doing? What are we doing? Then she calls producer saying, get Michael Darby on this shit as far as the storyline to make everyone uncomfortable. You're not going to go after my husband. This is at the sex uh, dance party that Ashley's hosting. Looked fun. There was a lot of cupcakes there. Wanted one. Yes. So she storms off. She's leaving. She's very pissed off. Listen, I get it. I would probably be like that too. Especially, we find out later in the episode, Candace and Chris meet up with Robin. Well, actually, Robin sees them and then they get together. So they're saying, why the hell is Giselle bringing this shit up now when she didn't do it at the spring fling and she didn't do it immediately after the reunion in Jersey? It's a good point. It's a very good point. But before we get down there, I have some quotes, of course, by Candace. They were great. They were really great. The quotes are coming. Fuck yes. I'm excited. What we see first after Candace's little meltdown and she leaves, we then see Mia and Giselle have a side conversation. They go off on their own. All the ladies are reflecting, oh, what happened to Candace? Mia and Giselle talking about that cancer post, not cancer post, all that shit. Giselle basically apologizing, which is good. A lot of people say that she doesn't apologize, but she did. And she did to Mia. She apologizes to Robin, but she doesn't usually apologize to the other girls. So this was nice to see. They're cool. They're good. And uh, as this was happening, for some odd reason, Robin and Wendy get really heated. And then Robin's like, Wendy, why did you come after us? Like, oh, only Robin and Giselle did this as far as the Mia thing whenever you were questioning it. Ashley was questioning it, Karen, and then, oh my God, it was like Hurricane Wendy and like, you know, uh, Tsunami Robin or whatever. It was just like crazy. So they're yelling and then 
what happened? Wendy said something, stand on it. And then Robin gets up. She's like, I'm standing on it. I'm standing on it. I'm standing on it. I'm very confused. Obviously, we know that Robin does not like Wendy. Wendy does not like Robin. Or Honestly, I don't know if Wendy likes. I, I think Wendy doesn't have a problem with Robin. I just think Robin does not like Wendy. <laughs> so when that's happening, Mia and Giselle are cool. They come back to the group and they're like, what do we miss? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then obviously the fire is put out. I don't even know. Maybe they just got exhausted. I can't remember. But Robin's like, oh, my God, I want to do this family uh, moment and shit. And Mia, I want to talk to you on the side eventually about this cancer, non-cancer thing, because I really like you and our kids are the same age and we should all get together and do a family day. Everyone's invited except for you, Wendy. Mm, 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 mm. Does it right in front of everyone. <sighs> That's some fierce like sorority girl shit. Whenever you get mad at your sorority sister, I would assume I was not in a sorority. But if we're thinking about stereotypical sorority-esque type of movies, it seems like it would be like that. Ugh, it was good. Wendy's like, I don't think that's really nice. And it says more about your character, especially when you're bringing your kids involved and all this stuff. Robin doesn't care. She's like, I don't give a fuck. You're not invited. <laughs> reasonably shady. Hell no. That was reasonably real and I loved it oh yes Robin you know I love me some Robin but then after they all left Wendy is talking to a producer and I'm very interested on why this producer brought up so how are you and Mia Wendy's like yeah we're good you know but uh I think she's lying like shit like she's lying obviously that was a hot mic moment wasn't supposed to be uh heard right because she's like oh my god I'm so mic'd Wendy, honey, call up Lisa Barlow, okay? Ask her how to deal with a hot mic moment because Lisa Barlow had the hottest mic moment ever, ever, ever. You know, because Meredith fucked half of New York City. Or maybe it was just New York. Whichever. But Wendy, you had your hot mic moment. Wasn't as juicy as Lisa's. But now uh, that's going to be spreading out all over the blogs and all this shit. And I can't wait to see what happens. This actually made me sad. The next part in the show, uh, the scene, you got Candace at her house and she's got to do that injection uh, for the egg retrieval into her stomach all by herself. She's got her doctor or was it a, a nurse or whatever on the phone guiding her on how to do this the first time at least what we're assuming just because it was on film but I felt bad for her she was doing this all by herself no one was there for her except for the lady on the uh, phone but still I felt bad for her I wouldn't want to do that myself and uh I wouldn't want to do it alone so Candace you're a badass bitch for doing it on film and I fell for you I fell for you I don't love 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 ya but I felt for you. So that made me a little sad. Then we get to Karen and Ray. They're getting pedicures or actually not pedicures. That's where your fucking feet. They're getting manicures. You know, they're talking about, you know, their relationship and their marriage and how she's always been attracted to other men and all this shit. And Ray knows that. And he's like, yes, eye candy. I'm cool with that. As long as it stays candy and you're not going after it. So that was weird. Um, never heard that before. Am I shocked by that? Kind of, but maybe not just because Ray's older and like, I don't know, man, I think he just wants to kick it and chill. That's what I think. 
And Karen doesn't. She wants to do all this shit because she thinks she's hot shit that she's on a TV show. And I love me some Karen Huger. But yeah, I just don't think Ray cares. So he's just like, okay, whatever, do your shit. And I'm going to live my life and have a coffee, (laughs) do all that stuff. And I appreciate that. You go do you, Ray. We will do we. You do you, honey. Then we see Ashley. She's going to see a house with her brother, uh, Zach. Okay, they're looking at a house. And I guess this realtor who Michael, he contracts her to do different jobs. So she kind of works for him-ish, whatever, independent. Y'all know what I'm saying. So she's talking to the realtor about all this stuff. And it seems as like the, the lending and all this kind of thing. And it seems that she knows more about what the fuck is going on as far as buying the house than Ashley does. Here's what I'm saying. Michael is still being as slippery or as Yinzers would say, as slippy as he has been in the past. He, he ain't changing. So he is as slippy as ever. And, you know, Ashley's just not in the loop, which is not surprising. And it just... It's going to be like this forever, unfortunately, because he's a piece of shit dude. (sighs) But Ashley also says in her confessional, which was like interesting, she said something about buying a home is contingent on their marital status. So what does that mean? Does that mean that was like in their prenup or something? I don't understand. Is that like a way to control her as far as that's concerned? Like it depends on if they're together if they're going to get a house. Like, I don't know. I'm a bit confused. Maybe I just don't know uh, what certain things mean. But I feel as if it's almost like it's going to be on hold. Not on hold, but like possibility if you're married, you're going to get it. If not, then no, blah, 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 blah. It's confusing. But I didn't like that either. And she was very upset about it. And then you see her crying in her brother's arms. And she's like, oh, my God, my marriage is officially over. Like, I can't deal. But it's okay, Ashley, because you're going to move on to someone who actually treats you like a queen and not like a piece of shit. So we are happy. We're sad that you feel sad, but we are happy because you will be able to move on and have a great life now that you're away from him. Now, then we go to New House Dixons. Yes, New House Dixons. They got a new house. It looks great. It looks amazing. Robin's there. She calls up Juan. Juan! He comes down. They're going through like old paperwork from 20 some years ago. Then talking about the when we're getting married and all this shit. Her mother sends a photo of her old wedding dress. And Juan's like, do you still have it? She says, no, man, I gave it to charity like years ago. Then Robin's talking about what do you think about getting a prenup? And he's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, no, I'm just kidding. So we can see that Juan was cool with it. But he's also curious as why like. She made such a big thing about it when they were younger. And then Robin says in her confessional, it didn't really matter. We did the prenup, but it didn't matter because we were both broke by the time we divorced. So, but he's like, you know what? I'm proud of what you've been doing with all the shit, the businesses and all that kind of stuff. I make more money than you anyway. Then there was like a little side conversation with her and the producer about that. And, you know, that was fun. Okay. She makes more money. He makes, who cares? You're going to get what you get just in case things don't work out. And I think that's part of the reason that she wants to do it. She's scared. She doesn't want to get fucked over again. Not saying that she got fucked over by Juan financially. She did, uh, you know, emotionally and relationship wise, like that was fucked up. What the fuck, Juan? But I still love you. But she just wants 
to be ready if that were to happen. And I completely agree. I'll sign a prenup with whoever I'm going to marry, and I don't have much of anything. So there's that. From there, we are now going to Dr. Wendy. She's going to a doctor. She's saying, hey, look, ever since I had my baby Cameron, my hair is kind of falling out. I'm a little concerned about this. The doctor was like, hey, you know what? When you have stress, that shit kind of happens because your body's trying to deal with other things to be better. So having your hair and doing all that kind of shit is like last on the spectrum, supposedly. So then she says, we can put you on some medicine. However, side effect could be you'll get facial hair. And she's like, what? Listen, I would be the same thing. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We all have like little whiskies, like little whisker hairs. Come on, ladies. I know yin's gals know what I'm talking about, but this would be like so much more serious than little whisker hairs on your chin. So Wendy, I'm feeling you. I wouldn't like it either. So I don't know if she ends up doing it, but we'll have to see. Then from there, we see Mia. She's meeting up with Robin, you know, because they wanted to get together and talk about the posts and all this stuff. And, you know, Robin likes Mia. She doesn't really know her all that well. She wants to get to know her. So Robin wants to know everything about what she was posting and everything. So basically, she almost wanted like a timeline with the social media posts and like the biopsy, which was kind of weird. Like, I wouldn't do that because... I don't know. I don't think that would matter to me. I would just be like, hey, are you okay? You said that you were going to do this and this. I don't give a fuck of when the time frame was. I just want to know, are you good? That's it. That's what a friend should be concerned about. Not necessarily the time frame of the social media posts. That's kind of weird. But anyways, they were talking about it. Robin wanted to know more info about it, trying to understand this timeline. And then she was like, hey, what's a, tell me more about this lump thing. Find out. Mia says it's on her ass, apparently. And basically, she's saying they think it's an autoimmune disorder. So we'll have to see uh, more about that on the show if she reveals it. So then from there, after the health thing with Mia, Robin's starting to talk about Giselle and Candace because clearly that's the main feud of this whole episode. So she's basically saying that Giselle was uncomfortable with the room thing at the reunion and all this kind of shit and the glam wasn't there. We already know the story. Personally, I'm on Robin's side. It really wasn't that big of a deal. I think Giselle maybe wants a heavy storyline. I don't know, but it's not that big of a deal. I don't think he was trying to be like, hey, come be with me. I don't think so. So as Robin was talking more about this with Mia, then we see before commercial break, of course, Mia says, well, I have something to add. And then Robin's like, listen, come back. Then she's saying, you know what? The spring fling... Chris kept staring at me, and I just felt so uncomfortable the whole time. Meanwhile, production flashes back to the Spring Fling, which was hosted by Kern. You see Chris not even looking her way, so I don't know where that is coming from. Maybe they just showed us the footage where he wasn't looking at her, but clearly via the viewer, me, I didn't see Jack squat as far as Chris looking and oogling at Mia. I thought that was slightly a little bit entertaining and funny with me. But yeah, he wasn't looking at you, Mia. I'm sorry. Maybe you got a different Chris. Maybe maybe Chris Samuels was there and maybe he was looking at you. I don't know. But it wasn't Chris Bassett. He was not looking at you via the camera with what they showed. That was funny. So last part of the episode. I love the fact that we see frenemies get together. Giselle is invited to Karen's house in Potomac. I think she lives back in Potomac, right? I think so. Or yeah, 
we'll just say yes because I can't remember. But she's very close to Mia as far as neighbors. But yes, Giselle is invited. That is so nice to see that Karen is welcoming her in her home after all of the shit that they've been through. So Giselle comes over and is talking about the whole, you know, sex class dance woo, 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 that Ashley hosts. Karen's like, of course, that's Ashley's thing. You've seen her on her ticky talkie. That was funny. Thank you, Karen. Definitely shows your age, but I love it. I love it. And guess what? I say the Facebook. That's what I do. I say, yes, I'm going on the Facebook. But yeah, so ticky talkie, the Facebook, I dig it. Then Giselle talks about how she had that conversation with Candace and how she stormed out the room. And then Karen was basically on Giselle's side saying, you know, Chris owes you an apology because you felt uncomfortable and that's just not right. Meanwhile, at the end of the episode, you also see Candace and Chris having some lunch. Robin walks by. I don't know if this this could have been fully staged, right? This could have been fully thought of. I don't know if she was invited or I don't know if she was just supposedly in the neighborhood and she sees them. So that was a little confusing. It seems as if she was just sort of walking by and she sees them. But I kind of have a feeling it was probably staged and she was supposed to do that. So, but she meets up with them and then they're talking about this whole thing. Chris is really disappointed and angry that Giselle would do that. But before even Robin arrives, Candace is talking to Chris about how the doctor called her and said that the retrieval process is not really responding as it would normally. So I guess she's having some issues there and she's being really upset about it. I completely would feel the same way if I was her. And uh, that's sad. But, you know, then they get back to the Giselle and Chris thing. And it kind of goes back and forth. So you have Candace, Chris, and Robin, and then you have Giselle and Karen talking about it. So from Giselle and Karen's stand, uh, standpoint, Giselle is saying, Chris was the one that suggested to go to my room. Whilst you go back to Candace, Chris, and Robin, Chris said, Giselle said that we should go to her room. So it's kind of like a he said, she said type of thing, kind of like the Kathy Hilton and Lisa Rinna thing and the way that they used an investigation. And then Garcelle is like, wait, what? And then Andy was like, yes, we did an investigation. HR. That is so interesting. Like, I'm telling you, Kathy Hilton has the fucking power. I really feel like she could put all of those people in Bravo out of business. Not out of business, but you know what I mean, out of a job. I just feel that. I don't think she will. Obviously, she won't. But like, I feel like she has the power to do that just because she has a shit ton of money. Ooh. So yeah, he said, she said, Giselle, Chris, all that kind of stuff. Then we go to Karen when she's talking to Giselle at her house. She's like, well, you know what? I think that you're completely right. You felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable with one of the husbands in this group and it was just not right. But I also was just like, okay, whatever. And the producer was like, who was that? Then she's like, I'm not going to tell you, but come on, we already know it was probably Michael Darby. Let's just be real. It was probably Michael. So (laughs) shocker. Of course not. Of course not. And then when Chris was talking to Candace, he's like, you know what? I don't understand this. Giselle always likes to point out my penis and all that shit. And then, you know, production flashes back to all the times that she referred to his penis, which is completely true. So, Chris, I get you. It is kind of weird, right? And she's concerned about you being in a room. 
I don't know. Was the door open? The door was open. The door was shut. Whatever. I just can't. Robin is on the side where she doesn't really think that it's a big deal, which is probably why she was at lunch with Candace and Chris. So they're talking about that. And then Giselle says to Karen, Robin was the one that brought this up to the whole group. She brought it to Mia and now everyone's talking about it. So it seems as if the green eyed bandits now are having a little crack in their relationship. And that's what Kern said in her uh, confessional. So it's interesting. Robin is not having Giselle's back at this moment. But guess what? I'm on Robin's side because I really don't think it was that big of a deal. Yes, Giselle could be having some sort of like PTSD from her relationship with that asshole asswipe Jamal Bryant. Okay, but I don't think that Chris was trying to get it in with her personally. And yes, she's hot as fuck. Yes, but I'm sorry, Giselle. Not everyone wants to get it in with you. That's all I'm saying. And is that a little mean? Yes. Is that reasonably shady? Yeah. But like, let's just be real. Just because you're hot as fuck, not every hot as fuck person wants to be, uh, you know, fucked by everyone in the world. I'm just saying. Okay. Let's just move on from there because we just need to. <laughs> so from there. The episode basically ends where Chris and Candace and Robin are like, why the fuck is she bringing this up now? She could have done it at the spring fling, but she was completely fine with him. She hugged him. They were cool. They were kicking it. And uh, nothing was said. Why didn't she bring this up immediately after the reunion was done filming? It is a little weird. I don't understand it. I'm anxious to see what happens. And uh, I'm Team Robin and Candace, believe it or not. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be great. I fucking love this franchise. They are the best. And now, as promised, Yin's guys, beautiful quotes, baby. And I have to say that they're all from Candace because it was fucking awesome. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, very beginning of the episode as well. First one first one in her confessional. I mean, it wasn't too great, but like, I like it. She was basically saying that she was getting too comfortable with Giselle motherfucking Bryant. There's some hate in those words. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, the other one after she left out and she was done with the party, the sex dance party, she says in her confessional about Giselle because she's going after her husband. She says, not today, Satan, not today, neck, not today, ankles. Whew. That's intense. Oh, my God. And then she says, don't cut out my fourth wall. She says it to the producer. So, yeah, pretty intense. I would definitely say the not today, neck, ankles. What does that mean? It's crazy. I'm interested. I'm confused. And then the ticky-tocky from Karen. So beautiful quotes, and I can't wait for more in the future. Also, too, totally forgot to mention, I saw some of the, uh, well, actually not some. I saw the castmates, the new freshly uh, chosen New York City housewives, We'll see. I'm not that excited about it. And I should be because that's like one of my franchises that I fucking talk up all the time. But we'll see. I feel like it's going to be kind of a disappointment like the real girlfriends of Paris. This is what I think. They're all younger. 
which I get. They're trying to get like a fresh take and all this shit. But we are so used to our other Roni women. And is Roni legacy happening? I don't know. No one's really talking about it. But if it isn't happening, I'll be surprised if Roni lasts. It might end up being like a Dallas and then they'll have to cut it, which is sad because Roni is my bitch. <laughs> Literally, because I have a dog named Roni. That's kind of funny. But Roni is my my jam. So we'll see. Winter House, we'll see tonight. It'll be interesting. Austin comes in as like a fucking bishop. They're doing like costumes and shit. And of course, he's like trying to absolve his sins. Is that is that the thing? Absolve his sins? I, I, I think so. So he's trying to come in dressed up as a bishop, trying to get in good graces with Sierra. And she's like more about Craig's friend, whoever the fuck he is. I forget the the trainer dude or whatever. He's not that interesting to me. I'm excited whenever Lindsay and Carl come into the house and then she and um, what the hell is his name? Jason? I think it's Jason. Uh, address their whole thing with the miscarriage and all that shit. I'm excited for that interaction. Uh, Craig is a fucking psychopath. He thinks that everyone should be doing what he says when he says, I can't take it. Paige, how are you with someone like this? How are you going to deal with someone like this? Okay, give him excuses that he's drinking, da, da, da. But like, come on, you're like 34, 33. You got to get over this shit. Like, grow the fuck up. Oh, that episode last week killed me. I was just like, how could anyone like a guy like this? I don't understand. And then when we saw my mom and I were watching, um, I don't know, we were watching something. And then the commercial for Southern Hospitality came on, right? That's Leva's new show. She's basically like the Lisa Vanderpump in Charleston. And my mom made this discovery. And I feel like I agree with her. She's like, that's why Craig is not getting along with Leva. He's probably so bitter and uh, angry that Bravo went to her with a spinoff show and not him. I think that could be true. I think Craig has his head up his own ass. And I think Austin has his head up Craig's ass, too. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'll never get it. It angers me. (sighs) But it's great to talk about it on the show, clearly. Do I hate them in life? No, I've never met them. Do I hate them on the shows? Yes, I don't like them on the shows. And if that's really who they are in real life, ew, ew, be better than the gap. Now, Yins, guys, another episode in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Thursday. Halloween's coming up on Monday. Ooh, what are Yins going to be? You know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be the Grinch because I got a Grinch beanie. Yes, I did from Hobby Lobby. If Yins, guys, have ever been to Hobby Lobby, it's awesome. You got to go. It's like home goods on steroids. And I love it. I love everything about it. But I got my Grinch little beanie there. I'm going to paint my face green like I'm Elphaba. Is that her name from Wicked? I should fucking know that because I love musicals. So yeah, it is Elphaba. So I'm going to paint my face green. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to paint my hands uh, green as well because I didn't buy green gloves. I just didn't. So yes, guys, I hope you all have a happy Halloween. Be safe. Be safe. And I will catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.